here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode. This will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to offer some thoughts on the old saying. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you know what it means. And I'm sure you've heard it before and you'll hear it again. And the saying is, well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And there's a lot of truth in that. And there's a lot in that. And on the surface, we could say, well, what is an intention? What does it mean to have an intention? What exactly, phenomenologically, subjectively, is happening to the individual personally? when they have an intention. And essentially, an intention is thinking about something that you're going to do and holding it in positive esteem. And this is very one-dimensional because there are so many ways to think about how it is We perceive the thoughts, and ideas around the things that we are going to do. It's really thinking about thinking. It's really thinking about something on one level, but on another level it's actually thinking about thinking. And that is the trick with intentions, because... We actually believe that, well, what we're trying to do, what we're doing, what we're going to do, is the right thing to do. And yet, really, it's just us having an opinion or a feeling or a thought about the thoughts and the story that we tell ourselves about the things that we want. So there's a big knot there, there's a big tangle there of thoughts about thoughts and intentions and what we could think and what we really feel about what we're going to do. And that's why intentions are quite elusive, because of course you also have the shadow side within you. You also have the part of you that wants something else which is in contradiction to the thing you tell yourself that you want. There are things within you that say, you shouldn't want to do those things. You shouldn't have those intentions. You shouldn't have those desires. You shouldn't be making plans to get those certain things for yourself. And so you repress those things. You push down those things. And then you have ill-informed intentions or subconscious intentions. And we can also look at this 
from a developmental psychology point of view. Because we could say that, well, good intentions, it's a moralistic question. It's a question of morality. And in some senses, yes, but that's only part of it. In another sense, it's a matter of emotion and impulse. Now, when we look at the red meme, which is the person who's out for himself, the devil, the impulsive, the violent person, the person who is up for quick fixes, the person who is all about just gratifying themselves as quickly as and as grossly as possible. Well, that's the red meme. That's the person that's driven by emotion, emotion-centered. Now, that person doesn't necessarily have good intentions. They're not actually saying to themselves, oh, I want to do the right thing. No, because that person is most likely a nihilist. And they're saying, well, it's not exactly possible. It's not possible to do the right thing. So I may as well just look out for myself. This whole world is going to hell. So I may as well look out for myself. And so they pave the road to hell in a different way. They don't pave the world. They don't pave the road to hell with good intentions, but they do pave the wor- the the road to hell. And there is also this other thing of, well, everyone just wants to be happy, whether it's the red meme impulsive person or it's the conservative traditional values and rule abiding person or it's the moralistic person or it's the ambitious person. They all just want to be happy. They all just want to be satisfied. And in some senses, in some ways, there's some truth to that, but it flattens out too many of the nuances behind good intentions. And it flattens out too many of the differences in how people hold good intentions within them. So it's a complex web. It's complex, and it's important to know the differences within you which can reveal your values, it can reveal your own intentions. And really, it's not a matter of good intentions or not, it's a matter of clear intentions. And how you get clear intentions, well, that's a matter of your own psychology. That's a matter of knowing clearly your own thoughts, your own narrative, and also knowing how that's connected to your desires. It's knowing how your impulses play into what's driving you, what's making you function within reality. So let me describe some of the types of do-gooders, and you'll see how different their values are and what sort of thing is driving them as I describe them to you, and see which one you fall into, which one you would like. And I'm assuming you're not a red meme. The red meme, the the impulsive meme, is, well, we've talked about that, and that's a big one that we all have within us, but it doesn't really apply here to this saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So here are some types of do-gooders. 
One kind of do-gooder is the overly resourceful. So this is someone who's very successful. They've got heaps of money. Maybe they've got this giant business. They're an entrepreneur. They've got multiple businesses. They've got all the things they could materialistically want for themselves. They've done all the things in their life. They've got all these investments and then they're sort of reaching their older age and they're sort of looking back at their life and they're thinking, well, how do I get to contribute? How do I put my resources to something good in the world? And this type of do-gooder is, well, it's the most prevalent type of person in this day and age because currently our world is going into, it's moving into the real thick of the capitalistic phase of economic development or evolution. So you are a do-gooder in this paradigm if you have taken care of yourself first and then you have a lot more left over to help others. And to say that you're doing good in this paradigm is to say, well, I first have to take care of myself. So I'm first making a lot of money for myself. I'm first gratifying all the things that I need. And soon enough, when I've done all that, I'll be able to help others. And that's one kind of do-gooder. And then you have the do-gooder, which is doing something good or driven by something good from a personal experience. Something maybe from their childhood or their earlier years, and it could be something that happened direct that hap- could be something that happened directly to them, such as a trauma or an assault or abuse or any sort of conflict, or it might be something that they witnessed and they were there for, such as a parent being abused or a parent being assaulted, or a parent, in some cases, being killed. And this is a personal experience which drives that person to do good in the world, to rid themselves of the bad that is happening because it was so bad for them that they wanted that to never happen to someone else. And I believe there's even a version of the Batman movie, or the Batman comics, which has exactly that. Because Batman's parents, well, they were murdered right in front of him. And he went on to rid the world of those criminals. And as it happened... Strangely enough, that Batman, well, Bruce Wayne, he's very rich. He's very resourceful. So you could have thought, well, he could have started a foundation. He could have started a charity. Or he could have started an institute. But instead, he was driven in his way to fight crime with fistfights. But that's a funny thing. It's sort of both of those are in the Batman story. So personal experience is something that drives people to do good. And then there are the people who, well, there's another type of do-gooder, which is someone who's an empath. 
And this is someone who's responding to a perspective or a story or information or research or something that's a little bit more abstract. So it's not someone who they know personally that's been hurt. It's impersonal and it's not something that's happened to them. It's actually something that they've come to see. It's something that they've come to hold within their perspective by understanding information by coming across information in the world and then having the empathy the emotional response to it so this is in the green mean this is in the pluralistic mean this might be for example you see a documentary about climate change and now lots of people have seen the documentary but you have a particularly strong response to it And then you do more research or you find out more things about climate change. And those things then feed into your perspective and you have an emotional, empathetic emphatic response to that perspective. And that therefore goes on to drive you to do certain things which are do-gooding, doing good in response to that perspective. And then we have the do-gooders, which are, well, this is another type of do-gooder, which is benevolent. And this is the one that is trying to remain completely anonymous. The one that is trying to be sort of sort of motherly or sort of almost godly, sort of like a mother nature, playing mother nature themselves, like I'm going to do these things behind the scenes and you won't even know that it was me that did it and that will be my way of doing good. That will be my thing that I do and I'm trying very much desperately to keep myself out of the picture, to not have my name on any of the billboards or any of the credit or anything like that because there's, well, for many reasons, but one of the things might be that they're thinking, oh, you're just in it for yourself or you're just doing good because it makes you feel good. And that's part of this. That's part of all of these, in a sense. Well, many of these, maybe not all of these. But there is a drive to be benevolent. There is a drive in people to, well, it's in all of us to different degrees, There's a drive in us to simply give and give and give and help and help and do good and do good and do it completely selflessly. And there's quite a thrill in being able to do that anonymously. And it's quite rare that you can actually actually do that. It's It's a very tricky situation to find yourself in. Anonymous donations, that's part of the appeal of the anonymous donations. Because if you do that, well, you can just walk around. You, there's, there's a little bit of an extra kick to it, like, ah, well, I'm not only so good that I donated, but I'm also so good that I donated anonymously. <laughs> and I fact, in fact, I think there's actually a TV show about that. There's a Larry David TV show about that. It's a very funny episode where there's sort of this big foundation opening and it's built on these two big donators 
and one of the donators gets their name on the wall and then the other wall has the just anonymous <laughs> and then the person who was anonymous went went around and told people like hey hey that's me but i i just had to remain anonymous <laughs> And then the other guy wants to get his name changed down from his name to anonymous. And uh, it's a big back and forth because then he's saying, well, why did you tell people if you wanted to be anonymous and you were just doing that to take the moral high ground and so on and you weren't really that. And uh, it's very funny. It's a very funny show. A very funny sitcom about this exact thing of good intentions. And then there's also the personality type which puts themselves into a machine which is bigger than them and in so many ways is impossible to fight against. And this is this was one of the impressions I got or this there's an example of this sort of thing that I got from this famous book, this sort of feministic fe- feminism book by Bree Lee. And it's a book called Eggshell Skull. And the story there is that she was a lawyer. And she became a hotshot lawyer, really top-end, highly paid, highly trained lawyer. And she was doing these cases in these regional towns and she was starting to see how there was so much bigotry and racism and oppression of minorities and her experiences within that machine of the 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 churning machine of law within the churning machine of law there was just no no real hope it was just still within its structure there was well, within its structure, it was so complex and so vast, it's still so, almost like it had racism written into it. And she was this person who could see it happening and was working within the machine and yet couldn't change things. And she could also see that there were different reactions to law and the cases and the things that she saw and the things that she pointed out to others. And... A very la- there's a very loud tone to that book. It's a very, it's quite an intense book, and you can get the sense of if you read it, uh, just sheer outrage and frustration that law is constructed the way it is, and yet this author Bree Lee was within that, and it's in an impossible situation, and yet they try and work out well how to how to do good. How to fight against this? How to really work with this? Can you beat them from the inside? Can you make a difference from the inside, from behind enemy lines? And that comes back to, well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And in that sense, well, you can become more and more frustrated by having good intentions within a machine And most people just don't participate. Most people quit. When people get frustrated and felt feeling like they're hopeless, they quit. They don't fight from the inside. They don't fight the good fight, as they say. 
But that's just a different type of do-gooder. And there really should be, I feel like there should be, a solution. Because one thing that is very important and one thing that we can't do away with is the intention to do good. It's very important. Within all these types of do-gooders, there's value to them. There are stories to them. There are effects that the people can make within those contexts. And we could say, even, if only the world had more do-gooders. If only there was more of a good intention behind what we were trying to do. And it's at this stage I would say, well, it's not about intention. And what is it about, I hear you ask? Well, that's a philosophical question. That's a socio-economic question. We could say that it's about knowledge. It's about having more of an understanding of your place within the world. It's about knowing how your behaviours, your feelings, your moods, your perceptions are all interconnected. It's about knowing how to navigate paradigms. It's about knowing how to identify different paradigms and, for example, different types of do-gooders. And it's about helping others in a way that is right for the context. And you can't help them in the right way unless you know more about the context. You can't help them in the right way unless you really start to sense the other. And the people who really do good in the world, well, those are the ones that understand these things. Those are the ones that have the depths within them and the perspective to make effective techniques, to make effective technologies to make effective institutions, to build resources, to gain resources that actually do good things within the world. Sometimes it does feel like the Wild West in this age because we have so many clashing paradigms. We have so many clashing opinions. And to be honest, I don't have the answers. I have no idea. I'm as lost as everyone else. We're all in this together, as far as I'm concerned. And my approach, most generally, is to just point out what I see. Point out and comment on what I can. Whatever I feel comfortable with. Which is finite. It's limited. There's only so much I can do. Believe me, I have all the good intentions in the world. There's so much that I wish to do with you. I'm limited at the moment because all I can do is talk. But of course, my vision is beyond that. I do want to create institutions. I do have methods. I do have things that can really help in so many ways. And I do have limited resources. 
And also, I do have my own personal experiences. I've got my own personal baggage. I've got my own shadow. And I've been hurt very badly in the past by having what I thought were quite good intentions and yet also a conflicting shadow. So I do have negative experiences which are shaping who I am now. And in many ways, we are spending our life doing good in order to get away from the bad. We have good intentions because we feel that, well, when we had bad intentions, it didn't really work out for us. And I am very optimistic. I am very hopeful, despite all that I see. And I will see more. I will learn more. And so will you. And you'll complexify your good intentions. And you'll understand your intentions. And you'll understand more and then maybe, just maybe, we can pave the road to heaven. And that's all I have to say for now.